Welcome to Candy Bar Antler Antler Boy, a series where I, Mike Rappin, discuss the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth live on the iRead Comic Books Discord stage with anyone and everyone who wants to chat. Every week we'll be discussing one episode of the TV series and chatting about the comic of the same name by Jeff Lemire, originally published by Vertigo Comics. Now let's get into the show. This is episode 8, titled Big Man, 54 minutes long, 25 seconds. I'm joined by my regular seven-episode consecutive co-host at this point, Danny. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show yet again. Hey, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really enjoying it, and I think this is what it's all been building to, right? So we have to close out the season strong. Well, yeah, I'm... I'm overwhelmed with emotion. This episode hit me in 500 different ways, right in the heart. And uh, I, I, needless to say, I cried. I cried multiple times. But I mean, the, the show, this episode started with probably one of the most anxiety-inducing conversations I've seen in a TV show in a while. <laughs> Where they were just talking about two guys, they were, you know, outside cleaning something in full hazmat suits, talking about the virus, and I was like, too soon, Netflix. I thought the whole show was a little bit too soon, and then we've got this conversation. (laughs) What did you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, I I wanted to, I want to see more of how this show, I guess what the timeline of the show being made is, uh, because the conversation these two people are having, like, it's something you would hear I don't know, like, it feels like we've been hearing the same conversation from people all over the place, you know, recently. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this is happening at the same time, if it was written before, it's just a wonder how the writers really nail that feel. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think from what we've seen in the show, and of course, you know, shows aren't shot sequentially, but we've definitely seen a lot of people with masks. We've seen a lot of people that, like, you know, specifically when... Rana and and Dr. Singh, they were living in the neighborhood, like people were really quick to pull out masks and stuff. So that definitely feels more like a post-COVID kind of mentality. I'm guessing that this episode was not shot before that, at least. That's my guess. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think this, this I would assume there's a lot of post-production for a show like this. So Yeah, yeah. But, but that was interesting. Um, I did, <laughs> I do have on my notes, and on my notes, uh, vape, ugh. Because that dude pulls out a jewel, and that's the reason he takes off his mask. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's very much just like a, a like, how could you be so ignorant kind of situation, yeah. you know? Uh, and of yeah. course, the guy's, co- you know, bit is that, oh, no, this stuff that we're spraying is more dangerous than the chemicals. It's like, oh my gosh, guy, C- could you just not right now? Could you please not? Right. <laughs> Which, they, they punctuate that moment with Jepper driving up in his giant car and hitting the dude with his truck. <laughs> As his, you know, wife that we find out we're we're meeting for the first time, Louisa, is having a baby. And this is the scene. This is the the moment where Jeppard is in his most frantic and we see him, you know, freaking out about how do we get this kid in? It turns out that the military has taken over this hospital and they can't get in, but he's like, my wife is literally having a baby and they manage to let him go upstairs and it's it's a whole very frantic situation. Um I was very much on edge just in this whole opening bit of the episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this all kind of stems back from the conversation that Jeopard and, uh, I think, was it Tony? Had on the train. Mm-hmm. It may have been Tony. Uh, but yeah, they, they had a conversation where we know that Jeopard's story does not have a happy ending, really, with his family. Right. So so just watching this and jumping into the fray like this, like it just is very unnerving because you know in the end like something bad is probably going to end up happening we yeah. don't know exactly what until we kind of get into it but but we know that it had this has no you know we know where jeopardy is at the moment so we know that 
his family's definitely not around with him right now. Right. And I, you know, I didn't say it, but full spoilers for episode eight of Sweet Tooth. I don't think I said it yet, but by the way, we're getting right into it. We're going to be, we're going to be talking about everything, folks. Um, Which brings me to my next point, which is the, you know, the line that Jeopard says that, you know, to his wife, what if it's a dot, 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 like very worried about it being a hybrid. His wife says, no, 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 it'll be fine. And then later in the episode, you know, in this same scene, um, his wife has the baby and the baby comes, you know, he goes to go see the kid. He asks the nurse, you know, is it a, is everything okay? And the nurse doesn't give him an answer as whether or not it's a hybrid. And he goes and sees his kid and he runs away. And I mean, that kind of is a little bit ahead of where the show goes at this point. But man, that was such a, like, I don't know, like, like sad scene of him being so upset and worried not wanting to know, but also needing to know. And he's upset and angry and he runs like, Oh man, so powerful! Like I, I, I don't know how, where they brought. I got all the acting skill out of this actor um, for this episode, but man, he's been hiding it pretty well this season, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, he was. I mean, the emotions that go through his face throughout the whole thing. Uh, you know, like you see a spectrum of going from uh, worried and sad and maybe excited, but also still hesitant. Mm-hmm, the nurse mm-hmm. just not giving him any information. Oh my god! I don't. I don't th- that felt weird, but yeah. I mean, you know, it, it goes in, and you you finally see him go in and meeting his kid for the first time, and mm-hmm. not being what he expected. Um, and then him having to go to the elevator and trying to figure out, like, you know, like, does he want to keep being part of this or not? It's mm-hmm. there's a lot. It's a, just a lot of emotions going on. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's wonderful to see that, that like parallel story come up where, you know, Gus and Bear, they're looking for, for Gus and Gus, excuse me, and, and Jeopard says, hey, Bear, you have to stay here. I'm going to go look for Gus. Um, they have that little conversation of like, what if Gus was born way before the others? Gus, what if Gus was the first? What if Gus is the cause? And they like have to hush themselves about it because they're like, we can't put that on this kid. Like he, he didn't cause anything by being born. You know, you can't blame him for being born. I liked how that really ties into the comic because that question comes up a lot in the comic. And I think it's something that they've hinted at in the show, you know, and, and talked about even directly about like, oh, the hybrid started it. You know, that's why everyone's getting the sick. Um, and I think that it's interesting to see Bear and Jeopard kind of avoid that conclusion because they don't want to wish ill will on this kid who they both really care about. And, you know, Jeopard coming out and finding Gus after Gus has gone on his little anger exploration, you know, tour, uh, and he starts to talk about uh, and Je- or I should say Jeopard starts to talk to Gus about this sequence and we don't know how much he reveals but he does talk about how he lost his whole family you know and we get that flashback of him in the elevator trying to figure out what to do and then there's this wonderful moment where he runs into who of all people Dr. Singh who's working in the yeah. maternity ward because we knew that's what he did like what a cr- I mean I love when shows do that in ways that are pretty unpredictable like I didn't think he was like Jeopard was going to run into Dr. Singh and yet it right. happened and it was so cool. Yeah, I didn't think that was the same hospital, but I mean, it. it Doctor Singh shows up, and uh, we know that Doctor Singh was there for a lot of the a lot of it when the hybrids were around. Uh, but I think it gave Jeopard the the one nudge what he needed to hear, or the yeah, the things that he needed to hear mm-hmm. to confront or at least try to you know be with his family. 
Yeah. Um, so that was very cool. There was a line that Dr. Singh said in that moment of, you'll be surprised what you're capable of when it's for someone you love. You know, and I think that, you know, what a beautiful line coming from that character of all people in the show. You know, like this guy who's going far and beyond to the point where he'll he's lying to, by the skin of his teeth you know to try to save himself and his more importantly his wife you know and to see jepper yeah. hear that line like he run, decides to go back upstairs where his wife and kid are gone now and that that same line now applies i think in the situation where he's taking care of gus like he loves this kid he wants to take care of this kid uh and it's it's really interesting to see you know the, the the very well crafted moments and lines in that in that scene. Uh, I really just love how it all like wrapped up really nicely. And again, I'm getting a little bit ahead of everything just here, but I love to see that that through line of of the story here as we get really into the mind of of Jeopard in this episode. You know, I mean, the episode's titled Big Man. You know, what a what a great thing. I I just love that so much. Yeah, me too. I mean, the, the, like I said, the whole scene, everything is from beginning to end. It's kind of like a nonstop ride. Yeah, uh, but it yeah. was nice to see. I really like when characters that we know uh, uh, kind of converge and everybody meets at the end, and that that's what we've been expecting this whole mm-hmm. season, right? Everybody traveling to the same destination looks like. Yeah, uh, yeah. For the most part, we're there. Yeah, I mean, and of course, we we do get the big clash of all of the characters because um, I think in the next scene we end up seeing like Amy's last stand as she sent off all the hybrids, and now she's prepping the 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 preserve, you know, for Doomsday. Essentially, she knows that the last men are here. They've shown up in tanks. We got the wonderful <laughs> tank scene because, of course, if you're gonna have yeah. a tank in a scene, you have to have it drive over a bunch of cars just to prove that it was a tank that could drive over cars, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger in the back driving over a bunch of cars right yeah i mean if you were wondering what arnie was doing after the sick uh, <laughs> yeah he was working uh, for the last bit just to drive the tanks that was cool i'm glad this show like yeah this show has a bigger budget than i think especially with good stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and all the effects and everything uh but but i i definitely was waiting for the confrontation with amy and abbott oh yeah uh, and the last man because not only are we we're, we're trying to see what happens to the kids as they try to run away through the tunnels. Uh, but then also what's going to happen with Amy. Because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, as much preparation as she can do on her own, it's still like her against the whole army. But but she seems like with the help of the hybrids and Bobby in particular, like <laughs> yeah. she seems to be really well, well prepared for uh, at least an attack that will distract and maybe give her some time to ex- escape. Mm-hmm. I mean, and plus we got that incredible conversation between her and Abbott, you know, over the microphones and stuff, and Abbott climbs up that fence. Like, something about that shot just floored me. Like, I, that imagery of Abbott standing up, he's got the big microphone, he's talking it, like, and just his overall look on top of the fence is so menacing, so just terrifying, and like, just ultimately just a cool looking scene i just love the way that that whole interaction kind of spun out because it felt so over the top but also absolutely perfect in every way yeah yeah no it plays out beautifully it's a great conversation through the radios Mm -hmm. uh because it it's weird because they're addressing each other but also kind of it's kind of an indirect thing Mm -hmm. um but it just builds up and then you know amy asked like do you like fireworks and then we see that all the preparations that she'd been doing uh, lead up to this big, big like blast of fireworks, and 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 to try to do as much damage, I guess, and try to 
take care of as many of the last men as you can uh, mm-hmm. to give everyone a chance because we see that that's when the kids finally decide they can keep moving forward as they can kind of get away through the noise and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a very cool scene. It looked great uh, seeing the fireworks just from the that big open shot of everything happening. It looked very cool. Very cool, yeah. I, I did like the little note that she left after they broke into her place and she had managed to escape that just said, happy extinction. Like, the, yep. their whole conversation about how, like, this is the time of man is over, I was like, oh, hell yeah, like, this is so cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. and the fact that she's just like, I'm a human being, and yet I accept that these kids are the future. And I think, you know, dealing with, you know, hanging out with Wendy for so long, as well as a lot of the other hybrids, like... She she understands that they are the future, that mm-hmm. they are better adapted for this world that has fallen apart. Uh, and I just love that she was not not necessarily trying to reason with the last men, but just saying, like, you guys need to accept the inevitable just by putting the worm in their head. She, I'm guessing it's like she's hoping that she could convince maybe one or two others that she's right and that it, there's nothing wrong with these kids and that they're the future. Yeah, and, and it's a complete 180 from the beginning of Amy's arc where she's kind of a more meek character mm-hmm. uh but but we've seen her now throughout these eight episodes just become this new character who's just kind of a total badass yeah and uh meanwhile we've got the the hybrids kind of moving through the sewer after the fireworks go off they know that that's kind of their signal to run to wherever their next meeting place was and i'm guessing that you know it's kind of implied that they had a system set up where wendy was going to go investigate and bobby was going to go investigate and then they'd find things and there was a really nice moment that i saw um that i thought was just a nice touch in the show where wendy you know, she doesn't, she speaks to the, to all the kids, but she also signs to them, which I thought was a really, really smart way of portraying that not all these kids can necessarily speak, but they are capable of communication. And I think there's kind of an implied thing in the comic that maybe some people can speak to the hybrids or some of the hybrids can speak to each other, but we don't know how. I like that they gave it a manifestation, like an actual thing in the show where Wendy is actually using sign language to communicate with them to, to prove that you know, a lot of these kids, they aren't necessarily dumb and they're not animals. They are just uneducated because they've been abandoned as hybrids. And I think that's kind of a thing we're going to see maybe more in the next season um, because it is something that's kind of implied in the story uh, of the comic that the only reason these kids appear quote unquote dumb is because they are, they were never given the chance to learn. Um, And, 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 you know, be there, they were never taught speech the same way that a regular kid would be um, or, or, you know, kids nowadays would be. So I, I just like that little, I thought that was a really just nice way to portray that in the show. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I, I like that a lot. Uh, I do have my next note just says, no, Bobby. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that was the next thing I wanted to get to was that, you know, Wendy and Bobby get caught. <laughs> There's just this Bobby <laughs> just being the most adorable character in the entire show. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I want no harm to come to him. But then here we are. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, everybody gets just gets put in cages, and you know, there's kind right. of this implication that the rest of the hybrid kids get grabbed as well. Um, and then we cut to you know Ronnie and Doctor Singh getting pulled off of a truck. You know, the bags getting pulled off their head, and oh shit, they're at the preserve now. You know, they kind of did like some time skipping around to make everything work, and 
man, to see them setting up shop in the preserve um, was was kind of heartbreaking because you know that that's the place that like was kind of the sanctuary. But also we start to see this set up for Dr. Singh where he has no choice but to be the person who has to find this cure. And, I, you know, I think uh, what was great about that is that he talks to Abbott. Abbott's like, I knew that you were lying. I know that you were bullshitting me. Like, it's totally fine. You do whatever you can, but I expect you now to deliver. Oh, yeah. And, and we kind of get wind of like what Abbott's real plan is to control. To oh my gosh. To, he doesn't want to save the world. He wants to control it by holding his boot over everyone by having the only being the only one with the cure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is a lot more sinister than I guess you can make an argument if he wants to save the whole world that, yeah, I mean, he might have to get his hands dirty and he has, but he doesn't want to do that. He has no, no good intentions at all the line that i pulled out of the show was find me enough doses so i can decide who lives and who doesn't yep. and underneath i just wrote yikes <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly dude i mean the more we find out about this character every time he's in a scene the more evil he becomes like <laughs> if you ever needed a more perfect bad guy I, I dare you to find me one more that's more evil than this guy you know yeah no i it, it's it's hard like I mean, I'm sure we could eventually get to somebody that, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He, he's been built up so well too. I mm-hmm. think that's that's one of the best things about this season that all the character arcs they make sense, and and sometimes it feels like you know things can get rushed, but this one they've all been. It's like you know when you do a recipe that calls for cooking different things at different lengths of times, but then mm-hmm. they all have to end up at the same time. Yes. Yeah, that's what this season feels like, and it feels like. It, it was very successful in making sure everything, uh, all the timing for everyone played out properly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think to that point, like, we're getting, we're, we're starting to see, like, the fruition of a lot of those storylines, too. And I think that some shows, like, Game of Thrones is one that I can think of that comes to mind first of trying to tell multiple stories at once and having them intersect here and there. And I feel like this show definitely executed better. And I think that your your analogy there is absolutely perfect. Because, like, we see Dr. Singh kind of go from this kind of anxious but well-meaning person to this fractured character who is literally teetering on the edge of break, of a complete breakdown um, under the guise of wanting to save, you know, his... Or not under the guise, but under the meaning of wanting to save his wife, right? Like, he wants to save his wife, but he knows he has to do this horrible thing, and it is it is a thin, thin line that he is walking to not have a complete breakdown, you know? Um, you know, my in my notes, you know, I, I, I was talking about, like, how you see him kind of this as the episode goes on, like there's just this wash of a lack of emotions that fall over his face, you know? And I think he, you know, he eventually interacts with Gus and there's a really nice moment there that I do want to touch on. But at the end of this episode, the, all of the, the emotion and the, the worry and everything that was on his face is just gone. Not in a bad acting way, but in a, like his, his character was burying all of his feelings, knowing that if he didn't, he would go insane. And I, I think that right. stupendous acting on, on the part of, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Adil Akhtar, like, what a fucking, uh, what a, what an ability is all I can say. Like, that dude's impressive. Right. And and the show has done, has I feel like the show's bought enough goodwill towards Dr. Singh. Like, every episode, they add, they add a little bit something to be like, I remember he's 
kind of a good dude. Don't right. don't fully hate him. Right, right. <laughs> uh, right, and then they, you know, especially when you put him next to Abbott, you're like, oh yeah, this dude is not that bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but and, but we still haven't seen him do up until maybe close to the end of the episode. And I guess we should talk about the the conversation with Gus first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, before we get too deep into the the horrible right. implications at the end of this episode. I mean, we also got a, like an incredibly emotional scene, you know, with Gus and and Jeopard, you know, like Jeopard's oh, right. backstory had me just in tears and like cuz that was the other thing like as this episode goes on there's a lot of jumping around that happens because they're they're wrapping everything up and it's really really well done. Um you know, there's the scene where Jeopard sees his son and he runs away and then he runs into Dr. Singh and then he goes back up and the kid's gone and there is this you know, we're we're kind of expected to understand that he's telling maybe bits and pieces of this to Gus as they're sitting there. Because, you know, Jeopard goes out to find Gus. He finds Gus, who has fixed this radio in a plane and is told the preserve, hey, come get me. I'm up on a hill. Which, you know, we know as the audience is not a good thing because Abbott has arrived. But as they're having that conversation, you know... The Jeopard is is breaking down a little bit, and Gus is like, "Okay, like I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's really unfortunate. You know, sad that your you know your wife and your kid were taken away from you. And it's not that they were killed; it's that Jeopard went back and they were gone. And I think there is this kind of heavily implied thing that Jeopard doesn't, as much as he wants to let Gus go and he wants to let him be." He knows that he he has this care about this kid. He cares for him. He cares about hybrid kids, even though he's probably done some bad shit in his past. Um, he wants to do right, and Gus has given him that opportunity um, by just being Gus. And he can't let Gus go because he let that happen once before. And I think like it's it's a really beautiful way that they've done that parallel story there. And you know, of course, as soon as we get these this wonderful moment um, between the two of them. <laughs> Jeopard gets shot and all hell breaks loose for the episode, which, yeah. you know, leads us to the other thing that you were talking about, Danny. Well, I mean, just to kind of touch on that, that I didn't know what happened. The, like, as I was watching it, I didn't realize what had happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have this conversation. I was still kind of processing all the stuff that the emotions that Jeopard had been, you know, from the conversation with Gus. Mm-hmm. And then we hear the loud bang. Gus acknowledges it because, you know, he calls it a loud boom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Jeopard just falls away. And then the way the scene was shot, I didn't realize that the, or I guess the angle from where the scene was shot, I didn't realize that where the cars came from, that I guess they could have shot Jeopard from that direction. I don't know. It was, it was kind of weird. Um, so I didn't really see what, why he would, like, I didn't realize Gus was, hands were covered in blood till later. Same, same. Um, it was a little bit chaotic, but I think that might have been the point, you know, yeah. to, to try to confuse you as well as the way that Gus was probably confused <laughs> in the moment. Yeah, no, I just have a note that says, did they kill Jeopard? Oh, shit. <laughs> but see, that's funny, because my notes say, they shot Jeopard, son of a bitch. I love this, and I hate this, because <laughs> I knew it was yeah. coming, right? Like, I knew that, you know, Abbott had to come get Gus. Like, again, I, I you know, you read, the, you read the comic, you know that eventually Gus does get captured, you know, and he does yeah. end up with a bunch of hybrids like he did in this episode. Um, I just didn't know how it was all going to come together, because I couldn't figure out what the timeline was. And, of course, that, that moment kind of solidifies that everything's happening at the same time, which I thought was yeah. a really, really smart way to put all that together. Um, 
and yeah, Gus getting hauled away. Oh my gosh, his face is—it was so heartbreaking. And they just left, left Jeopard to die. And in my notes, yeah. I wrote, "Dude, there's still 20 minutes left in this episode." And I couldn't because right. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so much still needed to happen. And and in contrast with the comic, which which I've only read volume one, like I like the changes that they made for Jeopard's character. Like I oh, think yeah. I like this version a lot more than mm-hmm. than what we see in the comics. Um, and then you've read more, so maybe you'll you'll see that maybe it eventually becomes more similar, but I'm not sure, you know? Yeah, you know, Gut, Jeopard as a character is, he's kind of a bastard in, in the book, right? And he doesn't really soften up until later in the series. There There mm-hmm. is a lot of extremely sympathetic stuff to, to understand why Jeopard yeah. is the hard ass that he is, but it's definitely not clear in the first volume. Um, and I think it maybe even takes till the second or end of the, even the third volume for you to really get to crack that shell on this character. Um, but yeah, like I do totally agree with you. I feel like the Jeopard in this book or in this show is is more of a chip on his shoulder so much as instead of like a hard ass. And I, I think that makes him definitely more of a likable character than maybe even the, the guy in the comic book. The comic book guy you're kind of stuck with. And he's very harsh in a lot of ways. Um, mm. But I think this this Jeopard is, is much more likable from the get-go. And he's still kind of a jerk, but not someone that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sick of this dude's just meanness, you know? Right. But yeah, I think the the other the other storyline that's happening here, kind of on the is like the C plot of the story, is uh, Bear talking to Judy. You know, she gets a lot of facts and information from Judy because they just have like a heart heart to heart where Judy's like, "Hey, what's your actual name?" No one's gonna actually name their kid Bear, and uh, Ju- you know, I guess her name is Becky. Um, it reveals that her name is Becky and that she was adopted, and she talks more about her family. And then we come to find out that she was adopted you know and we knew that she was adopted but we didn't know that she was adopted by uh, a black couple who had another kid who was a hybrid who turns out to be uh wendy question mark uh maybe yeah yeah no i have i have two notes on that the first one because they break up this reveal in two pieces right the first one when she says that we realize that she has a uh, uh her sister is a hybrid so i just put oh hybrid baby and then i have another one that says ah wendy when she shows the picture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when we see the picture of uh, Becky as younger, and then with the uh, with baby baby Wendy that we saw back in the first uh, first or second episode. Mm-hmm. I mean. I have in my notes, like, the baby that was at the zoo was a little bit younger than the baby that they showed hey. in the episode. But you know what? I'm not going to try to nitpick this show that yeah. hard. <laughs> Either way, it was a cool reveal because, like, Bear as a character is not someone that's in the comic, right? So, I was really wondering how they were going to even tie her in. I think she's a really good addition to the story. I think Gus and Jeopard is an interesting tale, but adding Bear to the mix as kind of like this young, angry kid kind of adds a little bit more, uh, I don't know, flair to the show in some ways where... Gus is given two very different but both well-meaning perspectives, um... And I, I like that. I, so it was it was interesting to see that they tied it back to her being related to Wendy because I think that yeah. that adds another layer of complexity to the story, which is great. Well, and and I really felt that Becky was getting kind of the short end of the stick uh, on this episode because everything Definitely. was really focused on everyone else, except that obviously the show just kind of really managed to bring her back into the fold mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. very surprisingly, but also in a way that oh yeah okay well that's cool and it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, that was, it was very good. I'm I'm glad that they're doing that because it gives us a reason for 
it gives us more of a logical explanation of why Becky might still stick around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Well, and especially with, with, um, there's kind of an implication that, that Jeopard's like, yeah, dude, like you don't have to hang out with us if you don't want to do this. Um, and she, you could tell there's something more to it. And it's, it was nice to see that, you know, the reason why she's looking for her sister, which I think is a really nice thing. Um, right. and of course, in the meanwhile, she's also trying to fix this, this satellite phone that she found, um, that belonged to Gus's mom. And, you know, in the last minutes of the show, we get a big reveal, but I guess let's, let's talk about some of the last bits of this episode that we'll talk about the big reveal at the end. Um, because I think the last thing that we get through is like, you know, Jeopard gets picked up by a mysterious figure who looks a lot like Amy and it's revealed that it is Amy, um, yeah. you know, at the end. And uh, the hybrid kids all get together like with that scene that you wanted to talk about with Dr. Singh. I guess yeah, yeah. Gus and Dr. Singh have a whole scene together, right? Yeah, it was great. It was, you know, like I think Gus has always been uh, really smart. The character is really smart. So he's trying to make sure that you know, he's been told, don't let them know that you can talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and as Dr. Singh is getting ready to do whatever he's going to do, uh, we, we see Gus, uh, we see a candy bar, which is, you know, callback to pretty much everything uh, that is <laughs> Gus's character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, he whispers thanks, and Dr. Singh, that piques his interest. So, uh, yeah, that was just... Once again, very smartly written mm-hmm. to have a reason why Gus is not the first uh, hybrid that unfortunately goes through whatever whatever's going to happen. Yeah, that that moment was was super powerful because I was like, "Oh no, this like how are they going to get out of this scene?" <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. You know, Gus's face he. he I said it before in previous episodes, but I think the kid that they cast for this show is perfect because he looks young, he's very innocent, he's childlike, he's very adorable, and, you know, in that moment where he's trying to be quiet, like, he just, his eyes are really big, his face is really small, and it's just, everything about him makes him look like a cute little animal, right? And his eyes darting back and forth between Sing and the candy bar um, was just great, and the fact that, you know, he hands, you know, Sing hands him the candy bar, and Gus takes it and says, thanks, like, really, really quietly, just that look on Sing's face after he's kind of been broken by Abbott, you know, Abbott has basically said, hey, dude, you better figure this shit out, or I'm killing your wife, you know, Um, to see, like, him have this spark of interest and confusion and joy all at once, as in, like, as if there was something more to this whole scenario, was just beautiful. Like, uh, I, I mean, I can't speak the praises of this actor enough. Like, he's done a fantastic job of being all over the place with various emotions in multiple episodes. I think he's he's stupendous for this role. Um, right. Yeah, I, I really, really liked how that all played out. Yeah, I, I do have one quick note here that says, uh, everyone yells at Johnny. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> because Abbott obviously yells at him, and then now sings, even sing, you know, when he gets him to i guess get a different hybrid uh so i guess poor johnny uh but but i, I like his character there's gonna i feel like there's gonna be a lot more to him uh, oh in yeah the future so i'm excited for that yeah i mean i think we really got to do like a, a comic retrospective on the show because um johnny is a very crucial character in in the series um in some points of it and i think uh 
know, knowing what I know from having read like later volumes of what you have, like volume two and three and four, um, mm-hmm. Johnny is crucial to some of the story bits. And I think his character is being portrayed in such a genius way because he's he's not necessarily a bad guy, but he works for bad people. You know, he's clearly kind of a dummy. Um, maybe he's he's just got a good heart, you know, on him. And he just happens to work for bad people. Now, the question is why? The question is, what is his purpose? Why do people keep him around if everyone's yelling at him all the time? And I think the, the big reveal for that will come later. But I, uh, yeah, I, I think we're definitely going to be seeing more of Johnny. And I'm very excited to see how that all plays out because he's such a curious little character in this whole story. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my one theory right now is that it's nepotism. So I feel like Johnny's related to somebody important, maybe. Okay. Okay, yeah, we'll see. I like that theory. I like that theory. Let's we'll see how it plays out next season. Um, let's see. So, oh yeah, then we get to the scene where Doctor Singh is going at the lizard kid after Gus gets thrown in this cage, which the like horror scene of the the episode. Yeah, like that's a bone they, saw, dude. <laughs> they just the camera just focusing. We saw the bone saw a couple of times as they were setting up, but then mm-hmm. the camera just like fixates on it. And then we see Dr. Singh grabs it, and then Abbott's there, like, in the gallery looking. Yeah. This whole setup, man. Yeah, I know that Netflix has marketed this as a wholesome show, but uh, it gets pretty dark, especially this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that that whole bit was tough. I mean, and the hybrid kids look so interesting. Like, I think, you know, this is definitely an episode they saved a lot of their budget for. We had a tank. We had fireworks. We've got a bunch of hybrid kids in makeup. We got, you know, all sorts of different stuff. A helicopter scene and uh, or not a helicopter. We got an airplane scene plane, that had to be yeah. set out in this giant plane. You know, I thought that they, they definitely spent a lot of money on the episode. So I think it's and it looks great for that reason. You know, and I, I loved it because especially near the end of the episode where we see Gus, you know, alone and scared. And then all of a sudden all the hybrid kids come out of the dark. Um including Wendy, and they all go up and hug him, like, clearly, lots of makeup being used, lots of kids being on set, you know, it's very, very interesting. Uh, I I thought that was really nice, because there's a line that the narrator has, you know, because family is what we make it, each one of us, together. Like, I was fucking fully bawling at that point, because I was like, this is so sad, but I also love it so much. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I don't don't know that we talked about it enough, but uh, uh, James Brolin, like, as the narrator, just he's been so good throughout the whole series. Absolutely, like he adds just enough gravitas to to make it seem like you know serious stuff is going on, mm-hmm. but also the tone that feels kind of like a you know like a fairy tale. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a good balance there. Yeah, and I think you know I have my theories as to what the uh, who who James, the James Brolin is and what he, what he's going to be in the end and stuff and what yeah. the whole narration means, but I won't spoil it. You know, and I think if you read the comic, you'll probably know what I'm thinking as well. Um, but it's really going to be really interesting to see to see what happens. You know, I was supposed to send you an email. I just realized for the last episode of the show and with a question, and I don't remember um, what it was, and because I, I don't think I actually sent the email. I think I drafted it, and I don't know where it is. So, for all you listeners out there, I apologize in advance. We'll, we'll find it. Maybe, we'll get it answered we, for another episode. The, yeah, when we do the comic retrospective, maybe we'll, we'll revisit. Yeah, we'll find right. it. But let's let's talk about the last scene in this episode, though. The big reveal of everything. Well, because right the last that, thing... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, right before that, yeah. When all the kids... Like, you know, we're talking about the, the narr- Brolin narrating about the family and all the kids hug God, Gus and like that really got me. Like it was a very emotional scene. Yeah. Kind of, it kind of brings back this journey that Gus has had of like, you know, having his dad and then losing his family and then finding another family and 
kind of losing that family again, but in the end, like he finds his own too. Like, mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. immediately embrace him. Like, yeah, that was very sweet. It was. It's what I feel keeps this show from like going too dark. It's moments like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there there is like a still. <sighs> It's so bizarre because they can have those scenes like with the bone saw and the, the you know, yeah. the iguana kid. And then they cut two scenes like this. And I'm just like, okay, there's still a lot of heart in this show. It's All not right. it's not grim or grim, you know, like like The Walking Dead or, or you know, a lot of those premiere dramas that rely on horror and stuff. Right. There, there's still a lot of heart and a lot of soul to this show that is carried by all of the scenes with Gus, right? And I think we'll probably see some stuff with Gus is dealing with some harsh shit. But I also think that his character will still bring some light to that, to those darker scenes, you know? Right. So, yeah, that. but that last scene, that last scene that we get with the with the satellite phone, um, I really like that scene in particular because not just was it a callback to Alaska or whatever, but um, there's a lot of stuff that's just little droppings from the comic, little bits and pieces that exist um, in the comic, and I love the way that this show continues to take pieces from the puzzle that is the comic and kind of reassemble them in a way where you go, oh, this isn't the same exact puzzle, but it is the same picture, and I, I think it's it's a really smart adaptation in that there are pieces like the boat and there's a diary and there's like this heat map of this boat and all this other stuff and i think that they've done a lot of they've taken a lot of really interesting parts from the last two volumes of the book and dropped them into the show as hints and future threads that i'm really excited to see pay off you know because at the end of this episode we get the big reveal which was danny i mean what did you think i knew when when becky was you know trying to use the phone I definitely figured out who the person she was going to be calling out to. Mm-hmm. I did not expect them to be where we see them at the end of the credits. Okay. So if you want, if you want to describe what happened, uh, yeah, before we dive into it. I mean, like I said, the you know we see the little bits and pieces of the boat and a map, and there's like this. It's clearly snowing outside, and we're back in Alaska, and somebody comes running inside, and who is it? It's fucking Birdie, and yeah. I was floored. I definitely did not see that being the reveal at the end of this season as the big plot hook for season two because in my mind i figured birdie was gone right the same way that gus's dad was gone and yet here she is and that means there's still hope i mean i got a million and one questions about where things could even go from there with that conversation because she picks up the phone she goes who is this who are you like what the hell? Like, season two is going to be insane if they're bringing that thread in, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, it opens up so many questions, but but not in a way that makes me upset, but just in a way that makes me really look forward to whatever's in the future. I feel like the season gave us enough things to... Gave closure to enough things, uh, whereas, like, this is just a cool, like, hey, you know, we got to go, we got to go back to where it all started to figure out, you know, how to get rid of this thing or whatever. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. To find the real cure. Not because they keep mentioning that hybrids and the sick are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not so much that they are the solution, one thing to the other, or they cost one thing to the other. Uh, so, so I'm very excited to see where that story goes. Um, I'm expecting maybe an episode in the next season where we just kind of focus on Birdie's story from uh, the house with Judy mm. uh, to wherever she is now in Alaska to the moment where I even see we, we I even can see we would just see that scene with the phone call from the other side where we see her run into the house. 
Yeah. Um, wow. That could be yeah, it could be very interesting. Um yeah, man. I I was I was floored. I couldn't believe it cuz I I genuinely didn't think that that character was coming back. So, very excited to see what what more we can see with that, you know. Um yeah, I don't know. Did you have any 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 final thoughts on the show? Any any final thoughts on the season at all? Um, I mean, I, I definitely very much enjoyed this season. It, I think, like I said, we got enough closure to a lot of stuff. One thing I did have on my notes that kind of is kind of just sitting there. In one of the episodes, it felt like Abbott was searching for a bear, or at least yeah. a girl. Now that I think about it, maybe he could have been looking for Tiger. Um. Oh. Instead, but but I don't know. Like they just, but e- either way, the sh- the season didn't pay that off at all. Like they kind of set it up early, and when we met Abbott, and and that's about it. Like that's yeah. one of the things that I feel like is just out there sitting, like with no answer for now. Yeah, I f- I feel like I I I remember that as well. Maybe and maybe we'll find out more. I mean, again, there's maybe more characters that they're are gonna get revealed because, like, if you compare the comic to the show, you know, there's some characters that haven't been brought up and or have been replaced by other people. So maybe there's more. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see if that that comes up again because I feel like if they do bring it up, they're gonna have to do a full explanation again. It won't be like a if you remember from last season. Like, there's no way. So that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah I guess. I, but otherwise, I feel like there haven't been a lot of other plot bits that i wanted wrapped up like maybe i expected a little bit more out of the whole tiger character like maybe those that that whole little army that bear built will come back in future episodes but um i i don't imagine that i didn't think they needed to touch on it any more this season than they did you know they just had to get bear out of there and kind of leave that open and dangling so that they needed to they could pick it up later you know yeah for sure i'm like like i said i'm very satisfied it's it's rare that a, a season one of a show um, kind of writes themselves into a, a very good spot for the next season like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a really nice, just put a, everything's neatly wrapped up, but it's also like, hey, here's the invitation for our next event. Make sure to come back. Totally agree with that. I feel like that's usually like a season three or season four kind of situation right. for shows. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely ag- agree with you there. Um, and again, I, I feel like this show probably doesn't even need to be more than two or three or four seasons, right? This is kind of one of those things where, like, we know kind of where the show is going to has to go in some capacity, at least as someone who's read the comic. You know, if you read the comic, I, again, I keep saying that, you should all go out there and read the comic. It's going to spoil th- some things, but it's also going to make you excited about the differences. Um, and, yeah, I think that we... If, if you've read the comic, you know where things are going to go. If you don't, maybe this feels endless. But I also think, like, a story like this doesn't need to go on forever. And with, you know, child actors, you don't necessarily need to watch them grow up over 10 years in a show. Uh, a couple yeah. of years is all that you need. So um, I'm hoping that they have, like, a good beginning, middle, and end. And maybe the show will just get wrapped up in three or four seasons. And we'll have, like, a really nice, cohesive TV series um, that doesn't feel like it's dragged out by any means. So fingers crossed on that. Yeah, for sure. Same. I mean, that's that, that's what I hope too. Well, cool. I think um, that's everything that I've got over here. So I guess thank you everyone for listening to the show, listening through all eight episodes. Once, see, once you know, fingers crossed. We're assuming season two is coming out. Once that comes out, maybe Danny and I'll try to get back on the horse for this one and uh, um, do a whole nother season of Candy Bar Antler Boy. But for now, uh, Danny, where can people find you on the internet if they have any more burning questions about Candy Bar Antler Boy, Sweet Tooth, or anything else? Sure. Uh, and and if I finish the comic, I'll I'll. I'll let you know so maybe we can oh yeah maybe we'll do a bonus episode before yeah Yeah. uh but you can find me on twitter at echo spider uh, for my personal stuff or you can check out at next issue pod 
for all the things on our podcast uh, where we talk comics, movies, all kinds of the random stuff. And they make a zillion YouTube cha- or videos, which is awesome. If you ever need coverage on, on pretty much anything out there, it's great. I love it. You can always follow me at Mike Rappin, at Mike Rappin on Twitter. You can follow the show at IRCB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and this episode first premiered on Patreon, where you can find all sorts of stuff from iRe Comic Books, the IRCB Movie Club, the Saga of Saga series, all about the, the book series saga, Giant Days of Our Lives, which is all about the full 14-volume series, Giant Days, and so much more. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Podcast. Join the IRCB Discord community at ircbpodcast.com slash discord to join future episodes of Candy Bar Antler Boy or listen to other episodes of I Read Comic Books as we record them live. Um, and we hope that once we do season two, you too can come on the show and talk sweet tooth with us. I, the IRCB Candy Bar logo is done by the Sam DS. Music for this episode is Beautiful CS by Robert Farmer. I want to say thanks again to Danny for you know, doing this entire season with me. It's been <laughs> ups and downs and all over the place. So thank you so much. And thank you to everyone out there who listened. You're the best. Until next time, comics are good. And so are you. 